0: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Punch Drunk Predictions here on Keyboard Kamora. I am E. Spencer Kite, your friendly neighborhood Spencer man. We're just about there. It is part one of the Friday double dip for UFC Vegas 74. But before we get to this weekend's picks, we look back two weekends ago to UFC Vegas 73, Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill at the Apex, seven and five with the picks that Saturday. Twelve fights, seven winners, not bad. 21 and 14 since returning to Keyboard Kimura. So that's three events. A 600 winning percentage. Good number. Still want it to be higher, but a good number overall. And for the year, I'm 102, 79 and three with one no contest for a 0.554 win percentage. Again, not the number I want. I want it to be closer to that 600 winning percentage. Ideally, I want to get it to 700. Percent winning percentage or a 700 winning percentage. That's always the aim. I hold myself to a high standard. I keep track of these things and put it out here and give all of the results to you so that you know where I'm at, so that you're not just coming in blind and I'm some dude giving you picks every week without any record. Because I think there's accountability. I think there's, I think you need to, I think if you're doing this, you need to put the number out there. You need to let people know whether your picks are do well or not. So far, as I said, since I've come back to Kimura, 21 up, 14 down, 600 winning percentage. We'll take that. And we move on to UFC Vegas 74. This weekend at the Apex, headlined by flyweights Kai Kara France and Amir Albazi. And my pick is the New Zealander, Kai Kara France. As much as I believe Amir Albazi is a legitimate contender down the road in this division, I don't know that he's there yet. Excuse me. This is a big step up. It's one that he welcomes. It's one that he's wanted throughout. But sometimes when you get what you asked for, it's not really what you wanted. And I think Kai presents a bunch of problems for Amir Albazi, especially with five rounds to work. I expect him to be much quicker, he is certainly much more dynamic on the feet, and as we saw in his fight against Askar Askarov, he's fine dealing with wrestlers, he's fine dealing with guys that get back control or things of that nature. Richard Mann in his terrific fight forecaster talked about the amount of time that Kai has been controlled on the ground, had guys in control positions, and still won two out of the three fights where he's been controlled a great deal. Definitely go check that out. It is on Substack. I cannot recommend it highly enough. I think this fight looks similar to the Askarov fight with Kai getting two more rounds to work. And so I think there will be moments where Al Bazzi looks good. I think he will have some success. He's probably going to get a takedown. He's probably going to get onto a waist lock, maybe even climb onto the back, lace in a hook, start attacking the neck. But I believe that overall, when you look at the totality of 25 minutes that these guys get to work, the level of competition that Kai Kara-France has already faced and the team behind him at City Kickboxing, always working at this level, always competing in this upper tier for the most part. I think all of those things combined and add up to Kai being able to go out here, get back into the win column. And I wouldn't actually be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked to see him go out and get a finish. He's a dangerous dude. He's a big power hitter for flyweight. When I talked to him this week, I asked him, how are you going to know whether Amir al-Bazi really, truly wants to be in there the way he says he does? And he said, it's when the first right hand lands and I'm going to land one. And that's when you see, because if he steps in and he wants this and he, and he wants to fight, he comes forward but if that first one lands and and he takes a back step it's it's game over. And he referenced the fight with Cody Garbrandt. I don't think it goes that poorly for Amir Albazi, but I think it goes poorly for Amir Albazi. I think Kai Kara-France gets the victory, wraps up the night with a win, puts himself back into the win column, puts himself steadies himself in that upper tier of talent in the flyweight division and sets up sort of some big fights down the road as he continues working towards another championship opportunity in the future. Featherweights in the co-main event, Alex Caceres and Daniel Pineda. My pick is Alex Caceres. I think this is a coin flip fight. If you look at the odds, relatively close. Throughout most of this card, we have relatively close pairings. And I lean Caceres simply because there's a little bit more dynamism to him. There's a little bit more well-roundedness to him. It's not that Pineda isn't capable in, in both facets or in multiple facets, right? Good striker, good grappler, certainly a guy, as I talked about earlier in the week, 28 for 28 in terms of finishing his victories. So certainly a threat, but I think Caceres has a more overall well-rounded and and fluid game to him. He's really developed the striking, and especially the kicking game. He's learned to use that length and that reach and that range that he's able to dictate against just about everybody. And I think he's somebody that, if Daniel Pineda looks to turn this into a grappling match, he can hang with him there. He can scramble well. He can use some opportunities to hit sweeps, to get offensive himself. And so as good as Pineda looked last time out, against Tucker Lutz. He's now stepping in with a guy that has commensurate experience to him inside the octagon, if not more, truthfully, more experience in the octagon than he does. I think it's a close fight. This is one of those fights where if either guy wins, I'm not surprised, but I lean Caceres due to recent results overall, totality of experience in the cage, and just the breadth of weapons he brings to the octagon. It should be a really entertaining fight. It always is when each of these guys get in there independently. So it should be on Saturday when they get in there together. Lightweights, Jim Miller taking on late replacement Jesse Butler, who steps in for Jared Gordon. The pick here for me is an obvious one. It's Jim Miller. I maybe wasn't going to pick Jimmy if this was still Jared Gordon. And and whatever has happened with Jared that has prompted him to have to withdraw. I hope it's nothing serious. I hope all is well with he or family members, whatever the case may be. But Jesse Butler getting this one and taking this one up a division on short notice against a guy of Jim Miller's experience. It just feels like it's it's lining up to be a bad night at the office for this for this newcomer. Jim Miller is, is wildly experienced. I don't think there needs to be a great deal of, of breakdown here. This is just a fight where Jim Miller is significantly more experienced, significantly more developed, well-rounded, polished, and he's had a full camp. I think he comes out here and gets it done. He's not one of these guys that I ever worry about coming into a fight overconfident and underestimating the person standing across from him. I think he comes out here and looks at Jesse Butler and sees him still as Jared Gordon or even Ludovic Klein, who was the original opponent, so this is opponent number three for Miller in this fight, and he fights with the same ferocity and focus as always, gets back into the win column, gets his hand raised, continues down that road towards UFC 300. Back to the flyweight division, Tim Elliott versus Victor Altamirano. My pick is Elliott. My question on Wednesday was where is Tim Elliott's mindset coming into this given the personal situation that he brought forward last month with his now ex-wife, Gina, Gina Mazzani. He addressed it this week. And I give Tim Elliott full marks for just coming out and going straight into it. And you knew that the people in attendance, the media in attendance, were going to ask him about it. They, they did their job. They asked those questions. And Tim gave the answer and said, look, this has been a long time that we've been separated, that this situation has been what it is. And I've been covering, I've been giving answers. I've been given explanations and dancing around it. And you know what? I'm tired of carrying that burden. I'm tired of carrying that water for them. Let me just get this over with. Let me just get this off my chest and focus on the here and now. I think that is really impactful. I think that has the opportunity to be really impactful. And I see Tim Elliott going out on Saturday and having a really strong performance. Altamirano has won his last two fights in the UFC. He's a capable fighter. He's a competent fighter. But I just don't think he's at the level of Tim Elliott, who, for whatever the record is, in the octagon, and it's not as good as he would like, I'm sure, he's been in there with absolutely everybody that has been ranked and at the top of this division for years on end. And I think we see that difference in experience and that difference in overall strength of schedule and level of competition faced over the years on Saturday. Elliot is an awkward guy to fight. Altamirano is a bit of an awkward guy to fight. I expect this to be scrambly and wild and chaotic, but I think Tim Elliott gets the win. All Brazilian battle in the women's flyweight division, Karine Silva and Ketlin Souza. My pick is Karine Silva a lot of it just comes down to the sheer physicality and size difference between these two. I think Silva is the much bigger woman. And like, tail of the tape when it rolls out on Saturday, isn't that different. It isn't that dramatic. This isn't 6, 8, 10 inches or anything weird in terms of height or, or anything like that. Both ladies made weight on Friday morning. But I just think the overall physicality that Karina Silva brings to the octagon. The overall strength that she possesses becomes a differentiation point here, becomes the thing that helps her earn a second straight victory. Ketlin Souza is a good fighter. I think she's going to have success going forward in the UFC. But I, as I talked about throughout the week, I'm really interested in Karina Silva to see what kind of growth and development and improvements we've gotten over this past year since her successful debut and going forward. I think we see a good performance on Saturday. I don't know whether she gets a finish or not. She did last time out, but this is a little bit more skilled, competent overall opponent in Ketlin Souza than last time. But I do think she gets the victory. She is my pick here. We go forward that way. Welterweight open the main card. Abubakar Nurmagomedov against Eliseu Dos Santos. Say that one. Three times fast. My pick is Dos Santos. Similarly to maybe the Elliott and, and Altamirano fight, although Nurmagomedov is is more seasoned than Altamirano, I think it comes down to strength of schedule and overall results thus far. As much as Dos Santos hasn't been the same guy since his seven-fight winning streak, and he's been off for a couple of years now since his win over Benoit saint We saw in that fight against St. Denis that he's still a killer. He's still a dude that can go out there and absolutely put it on you. Now, St. Denis is down at lightweight now. That is his natural weight class. So that factors into it a little bit. But there hasn't been anything from Nurmagomedov that I've really seen, in the even in these last two wins, where I felt like this is a guy that's going to come out here and really threaten and really challenge and push someone of the experience level and the polish of Dos Santos. I could be totally wrong. As always with this, I could look like an idiot for saying that. Manop could come out here on Saturday, look the best he's ever looked, and pick up the biggest win of his UFC career. I don't see it, but I've been known to be wrong in the past. Again, that winning percentage isn't perfect. I don't have a 100% success rate. I'm at 60% 60% since coming back here, and 55% for the year. So I might be wrong, but my assessment of these two athletes, given what we've seen from them in the octagon and what I expect this fight to look like, is Dos Santos coming out, defending takedowns well, using his range, using his striking, being the more active fighter of the two, and getting his hand raised. Move to the prelims and the lightweight division. Jamie Malarkey takes on Muhammad Naimov. I think this is a win for Jamie Malarkey with all due respect to Naimov, who I think is someone that has had reasonable success on the regional circuit. This is a short notice assignment up a division against a guy that is full of confidence and coming in on a two fight winning streak. I do believe this is a a dangerous kind of potential trap fight for Jamie Malarkey, but in speaking with him this week, He's pretty aware of the situation. He's not a guy, again, that I think is going to come out here and be overconfident to the point of dismissing Naimov and not doing what he needs to do. He was in this situation last time out against Francisco Prado, minded his P's and Q's, did all the right things to go out there and get a victory. I think we see something similar on Saturday for Jamie Malarkin to make it three straight and start inching further ahead and closer to that top 15. Bantamweight, the first of three on the prelims, or sorry, the last of three on the prelims, if we're working our way from the bottom up to the top. John Castaneda versus Muin Gafarov. My pick is John Castaneda. I am not at all confident in it for various reasons. First and foremost, John Castaneda looked great in round one against Daniel Santos last time out, and then looked terrible in round two and got finished. Gafarov is someone that I've always sort of held in in high regard as a prospect, as somebody that I think could succeed at this level. Last time he sort of got close and got a chance was against Chad and Heliger on the contender series. That was a close competitive fight. I think this has the potential to be similar. And so I don't by any stretch discount Gafarov's opportunity here. But I do think that full camp Having been in the UFC before, having that little bit more octagon experience will play a factor in this as long as Castaneda is able to go out there and maintain, as opposed to go hard and fade. I think he gets his hand raised. Heavyweights, Andre Orlovsky, Dante Mays. My pick here is Andre Orlovsky. And I'm I'm a little surprised, and I'll get into this on the second half of this show, the second part of this show the betting show a little later on. Andre Orlovsky is the underdog here, and I just don't get it. I know that he lost last time out, but this is the level of dude that Andre Orlovsky has been beating over the last several years. As someone that chronicles the Contender series and has from the get-go, I watched, I've, I've watched a lot of Dante Mays, and I just don't get it. I understand that he is a big, strong, physically imposing-looking individual, but it hasn't really translated into anything inside the octagon and against someone as experienced and wily and savvy as Andre Arlovsky. I see the former heavyweight champion going out and just doing veteran things that he needs to do to get this win. Mays, to me, is a guy that if he doesn't get you out of there in a hurry, you just can go out there and wrestle him. You can go out there and stick a jab in his face and move around and keep him off you and, and get your hand raised. And I think that's what Arlovsky's going to do. If I can see that, if I can recognize that path to victory, I'm sure the fine folks at American Top Team working with Andre Arlovsky have as well. See the Pitbull getting back in the win column, picking up another victory, keeping himself in that veteran mix outside of the rankings, but in fights like this. Let's go, old guys. Elise Reed versus Jin Hu Fry. My pick here is Jin Hu Fry. It's, it's another one of those coin flip fights. It's another one of those not particularly confident, just in the sense of understanding and recognizing who these athletes are, right? I believe that Frey has multiple ways to win this fight. I think she is the bigger, stronger, more physical individual. She doesn't always fight that way. She doesn't always commit to those things. I think if she does, she should be able to go out and have a great deal of success and maybe even win handily. But Elise Reed is tough in the sense that this is a tough fight for somebody at this same level. This is a same level, same tier type of fight. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Elise Reed come out and do some kickboxing things, do some dancing around the Octagon, land some clean shots as she did, sort of against Corey McKenna. That's the fight that I think about when I see this one. Reed won that fight in London. McKenna wrestled well in the sec- in the third round. I think Frey can do the same thing. I think she can use her power advantage, her, her strength advantage to build herself some room in this fight, but it all depends on how they turn up and what they look like once they get out there. I anticipate Saif Saud having to shout at Jin Hyo Frey a few times in this fight. I'm picking the Fortis MMA representative. We'll see how it goes. Next to the Bantamweight division, Daniel Santos and Johnny Munoz Jr. My pick here is Santos. I think he is the superior fighter of the two. I think he has more ways to win this fight than Johnny Munoz Jr. does. Thus far, through four appearances, Munoz is 2-2 and in the UFC. Santos is 1-1, and but that win over John Castaneda just hangs there for me and sits there for me as the reason for picking Santos, as the example of what he's capable of. It was a tremendous finish. It was a tremendous sort of understanding of how to utilize the different weapons that he has. He worked the body and he finished him with a knee. Like the combination of it was just so great to watch. And I watched it back a couple of times this week as I prepared to get into this fight card. I think he's going to be able to put Johnny Munoz Jr. on the back foot. Munoz likes to grapple. Ideally, that's what he wants to do. Santos works with dudes like Alan Nascimento and Charles Oliveira. He knows, how to, he knows how to grapple. He knows how to defensively wrestle to keep himself in spots where he is comfortable. I think that's what we see. I think he gets a finish. We'll talk about that on the betting show. But my pick is Santos and we roll forward. Two left. First one in the bantamweight division. Third one if we're going top down. Damone Blackshear and Lewin Larcerda. My pick is Blackshear, and it's a little bit of just a homer pick, I think. As he said during the week, I think Damone Blackshear is better than his 0-1-1 record in the octagon. Lacerda is somebody that I'm not quite sure of yet. Had some good success on the regional circuit to get to this point. Comes from Nova Uniao, so a great team, a great gym, and a great room that he's working in. Looked okay against Cody Stamen in Brazil, but not great. Nothing that... Nothing that sends him into this fight with me thinking he's absolutely going to blow away Damone Blackshear. Sort of the same way that in Blackshear, fighting Farad Bashar at heart, battling Yusuf Zalal to a draw, I look at it and go, I can see this guy beating somebody that doesn't throw a lot of output, that doesn't necessarily. And it's not that Lacerda isn't a grappler. Obviously, if you're at Nova Uniao, you you've got some jujitsu, you've got some some grappling skills. But I think Blackshear might be able to go out here and actively wrestle and pursue things. To me, he is more of a hunter in terms of his grappling than a lot of other guys. And I think he'll go out there and be looking for things. He'll be looking for opportunities and forcing Lacerda to defend and respond as opposed to just stuffing takedowns or scrambling out of things. I want to see if Blackshear can get this victory. I think he can. Again, coin flip. Not really sure. Could be one where I'm way wrong, but I'm leaning with Damone Blackshear to get his first UFC victory. Last one. Opener of the night. Light heavyweight division. Felipe Linz versus Maxim Grishin. I am taking Felipe Linz. It's not solely because of a 49-second knockout win over Ovin St. Prue, but that certainly plays into it. I think this dude is rounding into form as a interesting guy outside of the top 15 at light heavyweight that has some pop that is starting to figure out his best way forward. And as much as Grishin is a experienced veteran, a guy that's been in there with a lot of good names over the years and has a wealth of experience to come from, he's been off for a bit, hasn't been in there as, as actively and as recently as Linz. And I think those things matter, especially when you're getting up in age, as each of these men are. And I say that as a guy that has several years on both of them. I think Linz is able to come out here and take this fight to Grishin. I don't think it's going to be 49 seconds the way it was against OSP. He may not get the finish, but I think he's going to come out looking for it. I think that win over OSP gave him confidence in his hands, in his ability to come out and be active and throw against these guys. I think we see another good performance from the Brazilian going forward on Saturday. That's it for the predictions. Back a little later with the betting show. We had some success last week. Hopefully we're going to do that again this week. But for now, I bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Know that you're loved. Know that you're appreciated. We'll talk to you soon.